Welcome to episode number two of the Epicenter of Wine Country podcast, hosted by Ellie Rush of 15 Degrees C, the owner, and myself, Mike Brady. Uh, this week, we are celebrating Ellie's 14th year in business. It's anniversary week, and the show celebrates her success in the industry, um, and we invite some of her old friends to join along with the fun. Uh, the episode finds old friends sharing great wine memories, hopes, and dreams for the future. Lori Craig from Chambers Wine Merchants stops in to share some of the wines she'll be pouring at this week's VIP tasting party. I apologize if you're listening to this after the party, but uh, I can assure you we had a great time. Also, we welcomed proprietor from Windward Vineyard Winery, Mr. Mark Goldberg, who's been called the Paso Pino King. Mark speaks of his love for Pinot, dating back to when he was 17 years old. Mark's friend also joins us. His next-door neighbor, Richie Cetiroli, is a proprietor of Terramia Vineyard, a small-batch non-commercial winery and event venue. Both Mark and Richie share stories of their love of Paso, Templeton, and, of course, their love for Allie and her creation, which is 15 degrees C. Uh, we drink many wines. I'm not even going to try to pronounce them. They will do that for you on the podcast, but you can check the show notes and see what we drank. Uh, it was a, a Bubbles, a Rosé Bubbles. We drank a, a Pinot, of course, and we uh, finished the, the show off with a Rosé. So hope you enjoy this podcast. All the wines that we talk about are available inside the wine shop if you haven't been there before it truly is the epicenter of wine country and as Lee, we like to say it's the place where you start and end your day in wine country so sit back relax open your favorite bottle of wine and enjoy this episode <clears throat> so we set up these speakers and nobody really is listening should we just turn the no, speakers it's off it's 15 c everybody's having fun enjoying their own conversations is, so. it, is it 15 c or 15 degrees c what what's the official name 15 degrees c wine shop bar and restaurant yes okay um <laughs> plus a 15 coffee shop plus a yoga studio yeah. you know we kind of got it all i thought this morning i woke up and i went c could stand for community like that's oh, I like that, that. that right yeah like that's what I've come away with in my first three months here two months is like coffee and wine it's very communal yeah right I like that a lot. and it's just something that like you are building this communal mm. thing here or you have been yeah building it and it's been in existence for 14 years and, this this wow, week Saturday wow that's congratulations my life all right, Lori, let's get, Lori a, talks let's really get a quietly. sound check on I you. I do. On. This is going to be hard for me. <laughs> turn, turn her weight. Crank her up. All right. Let me uh, make sure. I'm good at yelling, at yelling at people when we're exercising but not talking. Right. Yeah. yeah pretend right. like you're teaching an exercise class. Okay. Uh, it is uh, officially, unofficially called the Epicenter of Wine Country, uh, our second live broadcast yeah. from 15 Degrees C. Cheers. 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 Happy anniversary. I hope uh, oh. I hope everybody can come out and celebrate with us. We've got Mark Adams Band playing mm -hmm. Saturday from 6 to 8. And Chef Andre is going to do all kinds of appetizers and pizza Fabulous and all kinds stuff. of fun stuff. So is, is the first weekend in December really when you open? We, the anniversary party for 14 years this Saturday will be always the first Saturday in December. Okay. And it's usually kind of our holiday staff retreat because we pour all of our fun 
all of our fun customers. I mean, everybody's welcome. We have a, a little cover charge at the door, but everybody's welcome. The more the merrier and great music. And then when we close our doors at nine, we don't kick everybody out, but we kick some people out. That's good since I'm Only old Only if staff. you're on good behavior. <laughs> and, and uh, he- you can stay and we kind of... The staff gets to let loose, and we have DJ Eagle in the house. DJ Eagle is in the house. Has DJ Eagle agreed to DJ the after party? He's in. Yeah, he's he's got a late night the night before, (laughs) but um, yeah, he's in. So, okay, I have on the split screen here, I'm looking at um, our Eventbrite page. You said it's a small charge to get in on Saturday for the party. It's literally $30 for members, which... I can't remember. I went to a a wine bar and restaurant and had only a $30 tab. It's beer, wine, uh, bubbles. Yeah, it's included. It's all included. Everything's included. Awesome. And it's just because we are festive and we want everybody to come celebrate with us. And it's, I think it's the first year we have actually raised our prices to that, which I don't know if it's a good thing to say that, but it's not very much. So, so $50 for non-members, $30 for members. Um, and, you can still become a member between now and then and Absolutely. get the $30 thing, yeah. right? So, okay. For 30 bucks, you can join our club and you get two bottles of wine a month. That's a smoking also, deal, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And even if you're, that is a deal. And even if you're not local, it was, it cost $30 to ship. So you're getting two, yeah. two awesome. It might not even be that much. I think, I think I looked into it. It was like 15 to 25 or something like that. Yeah. But you're, you're getting wine that has been picked out by you and your importers. Mm -hmm. That is people like Lori. Right. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They bring me these cool, amazing wines that you can't really find around the place Mm -hmm. and definitely the central coast. So Lori Craig is uh, chambers wine merchants and you, uh, your face has been around town for years. Um, I, I, I recognize you from, from days of from old, way back. From way back, yeah. And uh, so you've been in the industry for a long time. A very long time. I started with, with Jeannie Everly at J. Everly, uh, J. Everly Wines before it was J&L Wines okay. back in March of 2001. Mm-hmm. So yep. I'm uh, going on 21 years in wow. March. When I first started out in the wine industry, Lori was selling wine when I worked for Gary Eberly. That's right. Yes. And then I sold wine against you. We were, com- not, wine we were friendly competitors. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. but yeah. Yeah. Is there really a competition though in this industry? I, it seems there's like it's a very... ton of competition, but there's a lot of us have been doing this a long time. We all help each other. Right. It doesn't do us, uh, us any good to not help each other. We're all in it together as far as, you and, know, it's like professional sports too. At any exactly. given time, you could get traded to another team and be working side by side with your competitor. I got traded earlier this year. Did you? Yeah, I was with Epic Wines and Spirits for a very long time and they sold to Southern. And I decided I wanted something more quaint. So I ended up with Chambers Wine Merchants and they've been around since 1973. Wow. And very misrepresented for the last several years. So it's been a lot of fun. It's a great portfolio. I'm still learning it. Lori, a- Lori and Carol um, McDonald from Il Cortile and La Cosecha and I actually went to Europe together two, uh, three years ago? In 2019. 2019. June, June. With uh, one of the best importers of wine that we're going to be talking about a little bit, Jorge Ardonez, yeah. and um, got to taste some of the most incredible Spanish wines. And they took us all over Spain with Robert Parker's mm-hmm. Private Drivers and... And when that company sold the 
Jorge portfolio switched to Chambers. So Lori, being the experienced, (laughs) smart one that she is, went with the company that kept on to kept a hold of that importer. Don't you miss that day in the hot air balloon, though? Oh, my gosh. We went in a hot air balloon. Oh, that was awful. Nope. The most awful part was getting up at 5 a.m. to be there on time. Yeah, but no. <laughs> that, was a, that was a late morning for that trip. Are you kidding? <laughs> and then, and then of course, having to drink at Muga Condejaro Brut Cava in the air Ooh. above you, their vineyards. Are awful. you going to pour that on Thursday? We're, we're out of stock right now. Containers uh, on the, it's on the well, water. I have some at 15C. <laughs> uh, you have very, you have, uh, she has exactly what is left right now <laughs> until the next finish. It is on the water, though. Perfect. Okay. So tell me about your process. Like when you, you call on somebody like Allie or, or uh, one of your customers, you're meeting with them weekly or monthly or how does that work? Um, and this, or as it, you get something new or? It's a little of all of the above. Okay. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, you kind of know your customers. Some require more attention than others. Yeah. You know, Allie doesn't really like a lot of contact. Her and, <laughs> her and I go way back, of course. She kind of knows what she wants and yeah. what she's looking for. She knows what she wants. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I have a lot that she wants. So, mm-hmm. but, um, but really, I go around and visit all my customers weekly. Some I see weekly, some bi-weekly, some once a month. I mean, it just depends on who they are. Your territory is just Central Coast or, or North my, County? or my, It's basically North County and, uh, sorry, yeah, North County meaning north to Ragged Point. Okay. Oh. And then south um, all the way into Santa Barbara County, so um, Los Alamos. Okay. And then starting in January, I'll go all the way into San Inez Valley. Oh, wow. So it's a little driving, yeah. but uh, not, as, not as much as some other reps. So. But when you have the reputation mm-hmm. that Lori has and like, I've been around long enough too to know the wines and yes, there's always wines, always changing. There's new vintages, Mm -hmm. there's wineries that are selling and doing all that kind of stuff. But um, there's a lot of buyers out there that are inexperienced that, you know, just kind of rely on the reps to bring them things. And a lot of times what happens is, especially with the bigger companies, those wines are what's on focus Mm -hmm. for the brand. It's, there's a bigger company behind it, like a liquor company or, you know, even like Moe Hennessy that owns Louis Vuitton or Louis Vuitton owns Moe Hennessy that's pushing these certain wines. Mm -hmm. And so as a sales rep, especially an inexperienced one, you, um, you're forced to make your quotas on those wines. And then, you know, you, you'll notice if you, if you shop enough and pay enough attention that, um, a lot of the same wines are stacked high with big displays and all the big brand stores and stuff. And that's because those wines are on focus. I was going to say that if you see something stacked, likely it was on focus. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> um, I like to deal with the smaller companies like Chambers and Chambers and Henry Wine Group um, and Regal and Epic. Kermit and Lynch. Kermit Lynch. And, mm-hmm. Epic's yeah. no longer. So. Epic. Well, Epic d- dissolved Epic. Into, cha- into Southern. Right. Yes. Epic morphed into a, a very large company, which... But the best brands got transferred over to Chambers. Most Look, of them so, did. Someone's calling you to tell you you're on uh, nah, live right now. Too bad. Yeah. So how many lorries does a place like 15 Degrees C have? <laughs> it, like How many rep, like reps? Different places that you're buying from, yeah. Oh, I, I buy mainly from about a dozen for the most part. But, I mean, there's... There's... There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. There's uh-huh. 50 plus distributors, mm-hmm. more so, you know, in Northern California and Southern California, but um, small brokers. Then there's also direct to consumer wineries yep. like Tolosa, 
Um, so, you know, doing the books, my poor bookkeeper, Teresa, like yeah. she's, she's got amazing. invoices. She is amazing. <laughs> Shout out to Red Tea. Um, but, and she deserved her, she deserved her Cabo vacation that she just got back from. But um, awesome. yeah, it's, you know, it's really hard because also all these companies have different delivery schedules and yeah. delivery companies and minimums that you have to make. Right. Um, you know, policies on corked wine. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Everybody's a little bit different. So I, I finally have my head wrapped around all yeah. my new rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm buying the beer for you now mm-hmm. and it's literally only nine taps to fill. I can't imagine. And it's what, right. three or four distributors yeah. maybe if that. And some direct like barrel house yeah, and yeah, yeah. people like that. And it's, yeah, it's really, you know, if you, if you're, if you haven't been around, you don't know the right contacts. I mean, that's the other nice thing is I can pick up the phone and call, you know, to Spain with your old boss and the head of Pacific beverage. I can pick up the phone and call him right. and, you know, you get, you get a lot more done that way. And then there's a lot of things that are really cool and really allocated, even beers that are allocated. Like, don't we have, uh, don't we have some Firestone, Firestone thing coming up? Yep next week yeah. so we're getting that because we've been in business for 14 years and we have a reputation and yeah. you've been you've been supporting them a part of the 15 mm-hmm. community right exactly <laughs> i like that 15 community well shout out to you for 14 years in i i feel like you you're like switzerland you have no allegiance to one brand over another it's you like good stuff and you want your customers to be exposed to good stuff yeah and you're not trying to push one thing over another thing right there's very few things I could name them on one hand and by things I mean brands that I carry that the only reason I carry them is because they sell like crazy and there's a lot of things that I boycott that I should probably carry because they would sell like crazy but instead when people come in and they ask for something specific I say you know why don't you try this instead and nine times out of 10, they're so happy. And I say, because I carry this because it's a state or organic or biodynamically farmed or right. a family owns it instead of a corporation. Um, you know, it just, and people don't know that. You can't walk into a grocery store, except Wanda and Vons is amazing. Um, and so is Linda Albertson's mm-hmm. around here. But because there's a lot of wine savvy people around here, but you can't walk into BevMo and you can't walk into Costco and you can't walk into these big box stores right. and get any kind of like, oh, this Muga. Yeah, I was actually in a hot air balloon with Miguel Muga a couple years ago uh-huh. and um, hung out with him. And it's a family operation and it's an amazing wine with an amazing value because it's fifth generation and they've owned it forever. So they're not paying for, you know, blah, 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 blah. I mean, and you tell people this story and they're just like, oh, well, I want to drink. I'd much rather drink that than sure. the other 900 viuras that I could possibly buy or tempranillos that I could possibly buy from the Rioja region. And not to mention everything Ordonez does is a minimum minimum age of 75-year-old vines. Yeah. If that's minimum and that's mostly on your whites. Which is crazy because <laughs> here in California, we call like 10-year-old vineyard old. Right. Which is, that's just a baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> what? Okay kind of going to that what causes somebody to have to rip their vineyard out like what when somebody drives by a vineyard and goes oh that vineyard needs to get ripped out it's old is it well most of the reason well there's a couple different reasons um yeah but one would be if there's something wrong with the vineyard if you know phylloxera or some kind of um something got to the roots or some fungus or you know something had actually killed the vines or the vineyard i mean gophers there's countless 
things that can do that, pigs. Um, but another reason would be production. I mean, especially in New World, what we call um, com commercially farmed mm -hmm. vineyards, it's about production. So a vine doesn't start typically producing grapes until they're about three years old. And um, they, they really peak when they're about 10 years old. And so a lot of reasons people rip out vineyards and they do it, you know, in sections to replant is because once it, the once the yields start declining, they want to replant just for fiscal reasons. Specific, I mean, just financially, right. they want the most production that they can possibly get. And so what happens is um, they rip out vines and replant. And, you know, when you look at S Spain, which we keep coming back to because Lori's got a lot of those and we went to Spain together, um, they... They specialize in old vines because the lower the yields typically are directly related to the quality of the wine because of the concentration, um, because of the age of it. I mean, it's just the, you, you cannot compare a 10-year-old vineyard to a 100-year-old vineyard. Okay. The, the, the wine is completely different. And even Absolutely. they've even said, you know, touring vineyards, sometimes they replace, they have to replace a couple of vines here and there because they die from old age right. or they just stop producing completely. And so when they make wine, I know um, Victor was, Victor Adornia's Jorge's son was telling us that they've experimented and made a little tiny batch of wine from the younger vines. And they compare that to that of the regular wine that they make from the old vines. And this is like, you know, say you have 50,000 plants right. in a vineyard. We're talking like maybe a hundred of them are, are young or new vines just to replace the ones that died. Yep. So you'd never notice it in the overall in the wine. But when you make wine just out of that young you vine, it out, same vineyard, yeah. same varietal, same everything. And you make it out of the younger wine and then you take, compare it to the regular wine. It's night and day. It doesn't taste anything like it. And those wines are made the exact same way and they should um, completely uh, just, they, they should be the same wine and nobody would be able to tell yeah. that they're the same. That's interesting. So is there is there a time when they rip out a vineyard to plant a new varietal or is totally. it usually yeah. the same one going into the same spots? Because of the you have terrain. you have a lot of trends in the business. Okay. So say like Merlot, the perfect example yeah. is sideways. So Merlot was a very um, lot of Merlot in California, and then that movie a came ton out. Of Merlot, I think it was above Cabernet. Yeah, sales it was at one point. Definitely, and so that movie came out, and everybody the trend the trend flipped, and and then people are ripping out Merlot because they can't sell it because of a silly movie, even though Merlot is in all your first growth. Bordeaux. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. So no, that's a great example. Um, yeah, the the market, um, you know, another historically another great example of that is Burgundy, mm -hmm. where hopefully Mark Goldberg's gonna stop by, but uh Winward, um the Pinot Pinot King, Paso Pinot King. <laughs> he likes words that start with P. <laughs> but um be careful. <laughs> He, um, so in Burgundy, which is, you know, white Burgundy is Chardonnay and red Burgundy is Pinot Noir for the most part. Originally, the monks were the ones that developed that whole region in France. And what happened was um, Aligoté, which is only found in this tiny little village called Bouzeron 
in the Burgundy region is what they had planted because the yields were so much better. Okay. So they wanted to make the, the more wine they could make, the better, right? Because right. they're, they're monks. It's the one thing they had to have a party with. Hi, Bruce. Um, so what happened was they... I'll t- we'll talk to him later. Um, so what happened Yo, was you, you, the nobility, the nobility um, <laughs> came in and decided that Chardonnay was a superior grape. And so they actually slowly started ripping up all of the Aligote in Burgundy and replanting it to Chardonnay. And this was thousands of years ago. It's an ounce of Chardonnay. Now it's yeah ninety percent of all of the white wine in probably more than that probably more like ninety five percent of all the white wine in in Chardonnay, which that's a whole other subject when you get into all the laws of yeah a lot of laws that go with France and Italy and some other regions, but they have requirements on what they're allowed to plant in certain areas. And so, as your job, you're expected to like study this and know all this right i mean i mean because you're educating your buyers yeah nobody can know everything i'm right. sorry it's a lot it's, true. it's a lot so you have to when you are being asked for something maybe do a little reading just to refresh yourself yeah. but uh yes and the, the so the roundabout way yes so when we started talking about doing the show i wanted ali to put together this segment called wine 101 and it's literally for me because i know nothing about wine Oh, you're going to be so good at the no, wine university. So, you know, it's you're like going to be chief pour. <laughs> so is um, is Chablis Chardonnay? Yes. Okay, and is it just different places call it? So in in Chablis old is a French word. Yeah. Or? Uh, well, it's a region in France. Okay, it is. So right? where they're only allowed to grow certain varietals, one of them being the main the main one, the majority is is Chardonnay, yeah. and then you have. Aligote, you have a small percentage of Aligote. You have um, Pinot Noir is the big red. And then, of course, a little bit of Gamay Noir. And that's pretty much it, right? So they yeah, grow Chablis, in Chablis, they grow Pinot Noir. Chardonnay. And Chardonnay. They can grow Pinot Noir in Chablis, but they can't call it Chablis. They'd have to just call it. They'd have to declassify it. Okay. So when you look at a bottle of wine in old world countries, especially France, the biggest thing that you say on the label, and I think we talked about this last time, yeah. is the region. Yep. And then as a consumer, you're supposed to know mm-hmm. what the laws are for that region. So, for example, white burgundy is Chardonnay. Red burgundy is Pinot Noir. Um, white Sancerre is Sauvignon Blanc. Red Sancerre is Pinot Noir. Okay. Um, yes, and I misspoke a, on Chablis. I was in my head in Burgundy. So oh, okay. that, was a, that was a little glitch. Which I glitch out once in a while. So. No, you didn't. Did I? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Never mind. No, you're good. You're you good. totally you can played rewind. It off, but you're talking to me. I'm like, okay. You can rewind it and yeah. find out for sure. I mean, and, you know, and then like the Rhone Valley, for example, has is no Rhone Valley and Bordeaux are known for the blends, okay. except for certain regions like Condru, which is 100% Viognier. But you know, you know that if you're looking at a Chateauneuf de Pop. It's going to be a blend of up to 13 different varietals. You know that if you're looking at something from um, the northern Rhone, like Cote Roti, it's going to be Syrah-based. And so also, going along with that, it's about planting the varietals that do best in the climate where they're at, in the soil where they're at. 
So that's one thing that as a new world country, you know, especially here on the central coast, we've, we've struggled with, cause we've had to experiment what grows best. We can look right. at the climate and what it's most similar to, and we can look at the soil type and what it's most similar to, but that's where the experts have to come in and say, you know, uh, Syrah does really good on the West side and Grenache does really good on the east side. And that and that give or take, because there's 11 sub-AVAs within the Paso AVA that also are very different. So the original uh, vineyards from the Central Coast or specifically the North County, like, did they get it right, right off the bat? Oh, gosh, or did, no. did they uh-uh. have to go through 30, 40 years of trying to figure out what grows where? A lot of experimenting, a lot of what was, again, driven by the market. What did people want? Like Cabernet is still our number one crop here. And most of that is sold out of the area. Um, Zinfandel, you know, some of the first earliest settlers or people to plant vines here, like the Ducey family planted Zinfandel because they were Italian immigrants. Ducey and the Zinni. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Zenny, Ducey, um, those were the those were the heritage grapes that were originally brought brought in, and there used to be a lot more. There used to be a lot of Barbera and Sangiovese. Um, yeah, the Italian varietals are kind of um, few and far between in yeah. this in this area. Doesn't mean they don't do well here. That's just not the demand for Which it. Which you have an amazing Italian portfolio as well as Spanish, so that's exciting yes. to discover. In fact, we're drinking an Italian sparkling wine. Oh yes, we are. Yeah, so I'm not a sparkling wine guy at all. I'm not a oh, you will be after working guy, here. But yeah, it's, it's like you seem like a bubbles guy. Really, coffee, bubbles after coffee? No, <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I just, you know, I don't know. I just uh, probably some bad experiences in my early twenties, late teens. Probably bad bubbles. Yeah, exactly. Not knowing what and overindulgence, I'm, perhaps. Oh, that, I've been known to. So, <laughs> well, what I always tell people, because I hear that a lot, actually, is like, oh, I can't drink bubbles. It goes straight to my head. I get a headache afterwards because of the sugar. Well, none of that is actually true. I mean, sparkling wine, that's good sparkling wine. In fact, if you refill and hold it up to the camera, people can see how tiny the bubbles are. And we're going to. And most sparkling wines are made in cool climates. So the cooler the climate, the higher the acid. And with sparkling wine, which you really want is high acid. Okay. Well, we're going to show you guys what I'm talking about. So picture this seven up or Pellegrino water poured into a cup. Looks like a hot tub. There's bubbles coming from all different directions, different sizes, everything good. Traditional bottle fermented sparkling wine should look like this. I think you get a little closer. Okay. Hold it up a little bit, raise it up a little bit. Okay, now stop. Now look at the bubbles and see how they are coming up from the bottom to the top. There's a fine mousse, which is that foamy stuff from what he just poured. There's no bubbles coming from anywhere but the bottom going straight up. And there are these fine, tiny, little, beautiful bubbles. And the reason for that is because of the way that the sparkling wine is made. And I can tell you all about that. So I'll, well, I'll let Ellie go into that, but what, what all you curious people to know what we're drinking. Yeah. So we are drinking, well, why don't you tell them what they're, what we're drinking and it's, then I'll tell them how it's made. So it's a an Italian sparkling wine. Um, it's called a Franciacorta. Franciacorta is a reason, uh, sorry, a region in Lombardy um, where they make um, wines in the traditional method. And I'll let Ellie go into that whole nonsense, which is not nonsense. It's the best way to make it. But it's a um, 
this is a wine that is 80% Chardonnay, uh, sorry, 80% uh, Pinot Nero and 20% Chardonnay. So they're using traditional varietals um, and traditional method in these wines. And they're, they're absolutely gorgeous. Um, and they don't, a lot of people don't know about Franchicorda and realize what it is, but it's, it's a great way to have champagne-like uh, bubbles for a fraction of the cost. Yeah, I, Francia Corta, Cava, um, the, these are, you know, champ, champagne is only allowed to be used from that region in France. So like we were just talking about mm-hmm. how the wines are all labeled from where they're from, and that's why as a consumer you should know what's in them. Champagne is a region in France, and therefore champagne can only be called champagne if it's from that region in France, except for a few silly little um micro regions well except for like uh anyway they're like barefoot i think is one of them they had it grandfathered in they've been making champagne for so long good example would be like ernest and galileo uh the 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 shibli that used to come in the big jugs yeah and they they have that they are still, I believe, still able I to use that. I think it's still, yeah, mm-hmm. Chablis, and I think they're still doing a California champagne, mm-hmm. um, which which isn't. So when you when you want sparkling wine, don't ask just for champagne unless you actually want champagne from the Champagne region in France, which is, you know, the most highly sought after, best, but also expensive sparkling mm-hmm. wines in the world. Um, so even in France, they have a whole different name for their traditional bottle fermented sparkling wine. It's called Cremant. So other regions, Cremant, Cremant okay. C-R-E-M-A-N-T. So um, in Burgundy, they do a Cremant de Bourgogne. In Bordeaux, they do a Cremant de Bordeaux. In the Loire, they do Cremant de Loire. In, um, Cremant de Alsace. Alsace yeah, mm-hmm. so they do Cremants in all these other places. I just saw two handsome guys roll in that I think might be joining the show. So that's exciting. Um, so we should, <laughs> can I cut really quick and let's talk about the VIP party before Lori has to go and Mark and... Oh, perfect. Oh, I do have Absolutely. to go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost on time out. So Thursday <laughs> from 4 to 4 to 7, seven I'm going to pull it We're up doing here. a VIP party here at 15C. It's 25 bucks. It comes with some nice appetizers. We're having about 100 different wines. Lori's going to be here in our other wonderful rep on Adina with the Young's Market Company. They're each going to be pouring wines from around the world. We've got a lot of um Wines from France, Italy, Spain, some beautiful Pinots and Cabernets and other wines from here on the Central Coast as well as Northern and Southern California. Um, 25 bucks, you get to taste all these wines. You can pre-order the wines. It's perfect for the holidays. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to our website and order tickets. Um, it's It's just a great deal Come enjoy the weather. It's supposed to be like 80 degrees. It's going to be an amazing afternoon on the patio. And um, you get to talk to the experts, taste all these wines. And if you like them, you have the opportunity to buy them. And we'll have them in in a week or so before the holiday. And you're doing um, discounted pricing on bulk orders, right? Like yeah. six or more bottles? It's six or six bottles or a case, you're going to get a pretty nice discount on. The wines are already at discounted prices because we order so much from these companies that we get the deep, deep discounts on them anyways. And I've been advertising it as $25. You literally get to taste yeah, from 100 I don't, wines. Yeah. Like, I mean, you couldn't go, you couldn't go wine tasting in a week 
and taste the variety of wines that we're offering. If you tasted that, well, if you went wine tasting and got a choice to taste that many wines, it would cost you that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, so. it's a, you know, I don't know how many people have gone wine tasting lately, but it's, it's not inexpensive one, to go wine tasting one yeah. tasting for a good reason. I mean, they can't, they can't lose their money just on a people wanting to party. Right. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's an awesome deal. So you'll be here and what, I'll be here. Can, can you talk about what you're pouring? Oh gosh, no? I have a, a ton. Is I'll be pouring like... some wines from um, the Jorge Adonia's portfolio, some of the big heavy hitters, some value wines, um, Delaterra Imports, which is a, an Italian portfolio. And of course, Chambers and Chambers is actually also an importer. So there's a fair amount of wines that are direct import from Chambers. Um, actually, we have, we have, um, about three wines from the top 100 wine spectator list that we'll be pouring. Okay. And there are some wines on that list that top 100 um, in the world. Yes. There, there's some wines on that list that I'm not allowed to get samples of to even pour because they don't need me to help them sell the wine at this point when they've gotten that kind of press. However, um, chambers does still have some of the inventory available on a few things. Um, so inquire, (laughs) Yeah, and if there's anything else you're looking for, I mean, these these ladies have a very diverse portfolio, and this is an opportunity to get that one-on-one, you know, knowledgeable experience to not only taste the wines, but talk about the wines and, ha- again, have the opportunity to order them. And, yeah, we may not have them on site that day, but we will get them to you within a week. Okay. Right. So... Well, awesome. I, I put the link to order the tickets. We're we're about sold out, but you're just like, keep selling them. Is that what you want me to do? It, until we until we sell out, I don't like it to be too crowded. Um, it is a three-hour event, so yeah. you know, hopefully people will space themselves out a bit and we'll be able to... That's usually what happens. Yeah. Mostly people kind of come and go in the early. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll be able to spread out a little bit. And, cool. um, yeah, if you want to make sure that you get the taste, come early. And if you want to hang out towards the end, <laughs> uh, come, come later. But, um, it's, it's always just, it's an incredible opportunity again, especially here on the central coast when you can go wine tasting at all these different wineries. I mean, this is an opportunity to taste champagne, Francia Corta, Cava, Burgundy's Italian wines. I mean, you're pouring, like you said, some of the top oh, 100 yeah, wines in the world, some, some really cool, obscure, unique, different wines. Some, uh, Wines made in traditional method, uh, like from Sardinia. Mm-hmm. From you know, I have a Vermentino-based um, champagne, so to speak. It's not champagne; it's a you know traditional method wine, but which is really obscure and nerdy and cool. So uh-huh. if you're a wine so, fan, also you're so, gonna want to. You're not gonna want to miss this. this is, All kinds of yeah. unique, unique things will will be pouring between myself and Anadina. Yep, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. Come join us. And you've done this. Year after year? Every year we do. We call it the VIP party. Um, it used to be invite only, so this is also a great opportunity for everybody to have be able to come, yeah. you know, ha- have this experience. Um, obviously, buying wine is encouraged, but um, it's, you know, it's, it's a way to expand your palate and get to try things that you haven't been able to try before. And I haven't been able to do my 15C educational wine university for a couple of years now. So, you know, this is, this is going to be a really educational tasting. Awesome. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but I did promise that you'd give away uh, a ticket 
while we were here. Oh, cool. To somebody who's here today. So. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I to me? Yeah, to you, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, so I, I reserved one of them for you to do whatever you want with it. And if you ah, want to get a little two way, then that's 15 great. 15 community. Yeah. Well, 15 I just said if, if you're here in the live broadcast, you're going to be, uh, um, you know, possibly able to win a prize, which would be a ticket to the VIP right. tasting event. So, which is I'm, super, super fun. cool. I'm going to open something else that we're pouring for our our next guest. You okay. should open uh, the top 100 that Chomin. Do we have it here? Uh, you just got it in. I think you've got it in today. Oh, the Chomin. Uh -huh. I got to ice it down. Okay. Uh -huh. Well, I'm going to let you wrap up, and I'm going to go greet our, our guests. Awesome. Okay. So, Lori, you're going to be here, um, and you are also a yoga instructor because I see Shelly saying that she's oh, going to take a class from you. But I've shamed her. Yeah. Um, no, I'm actually not yoga. It's I actually spin. teach. Nope. I teach at Kennedy. I've um, been teaching there for January, 10 years. Um, I teach a class called Power. It's a, okay. it's a body weight it's an training. Yeah. class with a basically full weight room mm. workout um okay of super setting for an hour yeah that's you should uh, come sometime as well i'll you get know, you a pass i i need to do something <laughs> I'm, I'm about ready to yeah explode in my pants <laughs> just, uh, I, the holidays have not been good to me well and actually buying the beer for her now is like oh well gosh. you gotta taste it I gotta I taste mean, the beer, exactly. i'm not a beer i'm a beer person so you oh, know so it's not my weakness yeah, yeah it's it's amazing i I'm, uh, it is my weakness. Yeah. You know? Well, that's why I've been selling mine for 20 years. It's kind of a weakness. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a hard industry to get out of once you're in, huh? <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it's a fun industry. It's, yeah. it's not a Disneyland job like everybody thinks. There's a lot more to it than Ooh, yeah. than um, all the wines I get to try. A lot more studying. I, mm -hmm. I tasted for the first time this weekend uh, Vino Verde. Oh, yeah. I, I bought mm -hmm. two different bottles um and i don't have my camera phone in front of me otherwise i'd tell you what they were but there was, was it the broadbent perhaps portugal right portugal yes oh you know what mm -hmm. i can look at my pictures in my uh your instagram on my um, no, on i my, i don't uh, personally at this point have any you know birthdays that um uh that chamber sells i don't have a lot of wines from portugal well, it was just suggested to me to try a Vino Verde. I, I wouldn't have in a million years picked it off the shelf um, just because, one, I've never even heard of it. So I, that being said, as you haven't tried a Vino Verde, you're going to really have fun trying this next wine because um, uh -oh. it's a slightly frizzante um, uh, sparkling wine from Spain. It's not a cava. Okay. The, I had the Casal Garcia. Up. Oh. Vino Verde? I don't know that one. Yeah, and then I the next night I bought one that was uh, oh fun. This is uh, he's looking up his Instagram. No, this is my camera. I I don't remember what it was. I don't, I don't know, but. Uh, but I learned, you're going to have fun with this wine. But I, I Wikipedia it and I learned about what Vino Verde was, and you know, so like. There's so many different varietals that are out there that you it's, just there's it's a ton when and when people believe that they know everything about wine it's darn near impossible yeah. really it is I mean it's just there's well, thousands and thousands of wines all he, over the world and regions and people that are into it are into it I mean like it, Italy yeah. itself is a uh, it's hard to wrap your head around Italy because there's so many varietals in Italy yeah 
it's like collecting baseball cards if you're into it you're just like you're yeah. out to get that next card that's like the super uh, crazy so much better to collect wine i know right so, <laughs> I, that, I don't understand how people can collect if it's just so good to drink right so okay uh, our guests are coming you gotta go i've gotta go All but right, Lori, thank you for having me thanks for joining us yeah mm -hmm. i appreciate it thanks, um, sorry all right, and I'll see you Thursday. You and I will talk about yep. filling cool. in the holes. Awesome. <laughs> and you're still ordering more for her to bring? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I love it. <laughs> we, we had to, the competitors, Anadina and myself, had to see what we were both doing in order to oh, kind of, to yeah, round. we want to have a good variety. Yeah, to round out where okay. the holes were, but we did a pretty good job of going opposite directions. So Is that why you had me mark out spaces? So like you're selling the real estate, like this is the best spot to pour in. This is the, the like, yes, we're going to spread the, these two girls out. Cause uh, we're going to, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to have to bring them back up to help me pour. Oh gosh. That's <laughs> awesome. They're both beautiful and we're going to have some amazing wines. I love it. I'm super excited. Yeah. It's, right. fo it's football night. We have a, a thing that night, but I'm going to be here oh. till six. That's late enough. Right. I'll get my wine. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Football. Yeah. Oh, wait, the My, Saints are playing. No, it's, it's the high school. <laughs> school. Uh, wait, are we having the, the Templeton after party? No, but we should. Huh? Could you imagine? No. Before Saturday? I'm sure we will. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get a lot of people, but yeah. we have Saturday. To, we got. It's a marathon it's a this big, week. It's this a big is a week. big week for us. This yeah. is a marathon. It's a sprint to the next year. I'm learning something like. about Allie, though. Every week here is a freaking marathon. It's like. But we never quit. We no. never slow down. You know what I know about Allie because I've been working with her and she's been a friend for a lot of years. Yeah. And then she's kind of like herding cats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good thing. So I'm a, but I'm a good cat herder. She seems to have figured it out. I got to so. go help a customer. So I'm going to, go. I'm going to send the boys over and you can do it. Interrogate them. Awesome. And you're welcome to take off if you got a roller. I, I got to go. So. Okay. So two young, good looking strapping men are there you go. on their I way. I like it. All right. Well, cool. thanks for having me, and Thank I will you. see you Thursday. All right. Yeah, so that's Lori Craig, and she uh, works for Chambers Wine uh, Merchants. She'll be here Thursday at the VIP tasting party from 4 to 7. Um, yeah, and so we've got a couple more guests coming up that Ellie's going to bring over here, and then I'm going to uh, see if I can get a little more bubbles in my glass, and then we will welcome our guests. So I'm going to take my headphones off. All right, in case you're just joining us, we just finished up with uh, Lori Craig from Chambers Wines Merchants, and uh, we are now welcoming a couple new guests over. Um, Ellie's, I'm going to wait for Ellie to get back. Get these guys set up. Good. I got one spot here and one spot here. There you go. We are we are live actually on Facebook and uh, yeah. 
I was just passing by. Uh, there you go. All right, gentlemen, welcome to the uh, Ellie's new show. It's it's our second show. Um, we're doing this thing. We're calling it the epicenter of wine country because we think that this is the epicenter of wine country. Everybody starts and ends their day here at 15 degrees C, right? That, that is the truth. It, it is the truth. We uh, we feel like it anyways. Uh, so introduce yourselves, please. You're, you're Mark, right? My name is Mark Goldberg, right? Mark Goldberg. From Wynwood Vineyard. Yes. And uh, uh, my wife doesn't know that I'm here, so please don't, oh, yeah. don't, don't tell my wife. We'll, uh, we'll, protect it. we'll protect the innocent. We'll put somebody else's name on your uh, on the bottom. So. It's too late, buddy. You just announced your name. <laughs> right. <laughs> but my wife is deaf, so she won't be able to hear it. Oh, there you go. That's great. Well, gentlemen, welcome. And, and you are? I'm Rich Securoli. Hi, Rich. I have Teramia Vineyards. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. I've seen you guys here before, yeah. allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. for well, sure. Thanks so much for joining us. And I, I think we're going to be talking about a few different things today. Um, the VIP tasting party that's happening on Thursday. Allie's got a bunch of importers bringing in some crazy stuff from everywhere. And we've also got her 14-year anniversary celebration this yeah. Saturday. It ends up being one of the best events of the year. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's, it's, it is exciting. It's a fun time. You're drinking a lot of good wines, and you're celebrating Alley at the same time. That's great. I was at the opening. I was at the first anniversary with her parents, and um, I've watched this Alley as a little college graduate grow up and just grab a hold of this industry and do a fantastic job. We're extremely proud of her and uh, our lady Psalm. Yeah, I know she speaks very highly of you, and and uh, I, I can tell just in watching your guys' interaction uh, since I've been here in the last three months. I know that uh, she holds you in high regard, and so uh, she wanted you to be here for this week for her 14th anniversary celebration. Uh, I left here. I was raised in Paso. I left in '95. There was. 48 wineries, right? I got back in 2015 to 300 plus wineries. So tell me your guys' stories about uh, how you ended up in Paso Wine Country. Well, Mark's, I'm going to let Mark start because he's got a long, a long well, he, history. And he's a, here and because he's a of me. <laughs> yeah, Richie's here because of me. He was one of our wine club members years ago, and he would always. Uh, stop uh, at our winery when we're dinner and drink my Pinot Noir and you know he'll tell you <clears throat> if you're in Paso and you say Pinot Noir you say Windward Vineyard because that's all we make I guarantee it yeah 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 I, I, I heard mumblings of you being called the, the Paso Pinot King I don't know about King, but I've heard myself be called the uh, the uh, Paso Pino uh, Camudgeon, the old Camudgeon, I'm back. the senior, the senior. But we we came in '89. Uh, uh, there were twelve wineries. Yeah, there were no restaurants. Wow. And we planted in '90, and '93 was my first crush. 
And I had a bottle the other day with uh, uh, Mark Chelichiff, Andre's uh, nephew, okay. and absolutely blew him away. So huh. the wines last. And this is no the one Godfather. The wealth of Robles is for Pinot Noir. Everybody says it's too hot, but it's not too hot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. The only thing that's too hot is you, Mark. <laughs> Uh, am, I, am I blushing? Because this isn't television. Exactly. It, it is. You're, you're actually on the, uh, you can see, you're, you're, you're on right there. You're going to be there forever. You're all over the internet. This what? is exactly why he didn't want his wife to know he was here. Our, our last one had has a, over a thousand views already. Is that what you said? Yeah, in just a week. So. And it was our first one. So this is only our second one. The second one. This is, this is, this is. <laughs> so you got to finish your story, Mark. So in, sorry, he got sidetracked because he opened the bottle from '93 yeah. the other day. Um, so you planted in '91 or '90? Oh, I planted in '90. '93 was our, our first, okay, uh, yeah, vintage that we really um, sold. And, and where were the grapes grown? Oh, they're all. Uh, we were copying a Burgundian style vineyard, and I'm probably the only Pinot Noir in uh, America that uses the term monopole. Uh, it's a French word that's used in specially in only in the word uh, the Burgundian area, and it means that there is a hundred percent ownership and control over the vinification process and the viticulture process and the acreage is usually small there's only five or six i think uh monopoles in in burgundy but we were in love with the burgundian style pinot noir and uh, its tradition because it's uh, the oldest varietal of grape wine grape in france over 2,000 years old. Wow. And it's actually woven into the history of the area of Burgundy. And if you if they plant a red wine, it has to be uh, the Pinot Noir grape. And they're uh, not allowed to make uh, the wine with any other grape, the, the red wine, except a few blends of Pinot Noir. Okay. And uh, if they do, it's a felony now. Really? Yeah. So a lot of people went to to jail from Burgundy, and I think it was in the early 50s, because they had imported some uh, red wine from uh, uh, northern Africa someplace, and they mixed it in theirs because they needed the volume because it was so popular a wine. They and uh, they were jailed uh, for the activity. Yeah. Wow! And so, if I if I'm uh, going to a restaurant and they have a, a category of Burgundy, I know it's a Pinot Noir. If they have the Pinot Noir varietal, yeah, Burgundy. A Burgundy. Well, they usually say if it'll uh, say a Pinot, uh, but uh, if they say imported wines, they'll say from the area of France, yep. of Spain. And if you go into the area of France, they will have a Burgundy uh, section. And the problem is that with uh, the age of uh, the area and the popularity, 
the prices are uh, incredibly high. I, the, the highest one that I know of is uh, probably uh, the um, domain uh, Romane Conti, DRC. And those wines, they just released their uh, domain Romane Conti from their small uh, four or five acre vineyard. And it was uh, about fifty-five hundred a bottle. Wow! Uh, I don't need to get that much. Yeah. <laughs> I'll settle for half of that. You know, I'll give you, give you a discount. Big Perfect. So when you started, what what was your what was the allure? Were you a farmer? Were you a? a oh no no! A, I, I'm, I'm a, a hospital administrator. I've okay. been in public health all my life, but but just love my passion. That. My passion was the wines of Burgundy. That was my hobby. That's what I, I collected mostly. And uh, I had been in love with those wines since I was 17 years old wow. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um, so when it was time to think about retirement, we started looking for a vineyard that we could copy the Burgundian style of making a traditional Pinot Noir because uh, they make beautiful Pinot Noir in America, but usually uh, they favor um, a higher amount of fruit and age in, in the vineyard before they uh, begin the process. So they tend to be higher in alcohol, much more intense. And if they don't designate it, uh, not a monopole, but even a, uh, a state vineyard, I think uh, if it just says Pinot Noir in the bottle, it can be 25% anything else. Really? Yeah. In, uh, in France, if you're in Monopole and you put one other grape in there, well, except from your own vineyard, it's punishable by, it's a felony. Yeah. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that at all. It's guaranteed. Yeah. So are there any famous uh, cases in France of, of somebody like a big time name winery getting punished or like trying to pull so. a fast one well the, in the 50s okay that's whenever it all blew up there were quite a few arrests uh but the crop the crops were shortage of, of grapes because of the demand mm. from the world that's what happened so some of the guys cheated and when they got caught they went to jail for a felony but i didn't know of no one that would ever they're extremely strict, yeah. and they examine the wines in the laboratory, and they know by taste when it's violated. I've never heard of anyone lately. I, I think the most recent one I can think of, which isn't really even Burgundy, was the whole DeBuff scandal from the Beaujolais Nouveau, which we just celebrated, where he put fake flavoring Oh. into the wine to make it more of that bubblegum Jolly Rancher kind of brightness. But that, that's a little different. But for the most part, I think the French are, they're so proud and, and they, nobody would mess with perfection. Yeah. Beaujolais is certainly in Burgundy, um, as Chablis is, but uh, yeah. it's uh, predominantly a Gamay grape. There is some Pinot Noir down there in Cote de uh, Chardonnays as well, Chalonnais. But uh, 
We had just had a Beaujolais at the Rive. Yes. At the uh, Bistro. Yep. Absolutely. I did grab a couple Burgundies if you want to pick one, because I know that's what you want to drink right now, Mark. Did you introduce Richie? R- Richie introduced yes. himself okay. briefly. We, okay. got, we got down Mark's story. I'm just Mark's driver. He feels sorry for me because I'm so old, so he picks me up. He doesn't want me to drive. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's awesome. Or he just knows you're coming here, so we may drink a little yeah, bit of wine. Because I know him, I get invited to yeah. sit in Ellie's podcast. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> You've both been on my radio show before. We uh, have, Ellie. When I'm here and Ellie's here, I hate to go home. That's why I said, don't tell my wife I'm here. Right. That's great. So we're... Don't, hopefully Maggie's not listening. <laughs> if she is, hey, Maggie, we love you. <laughs> um, well, so... I want to. I want to hear Richie's story. Yeah, it's. He said, "Teramia." Teramia. Teramia. Yeah. Okay. We uh, we don't produce commercially. We'll make some small batch wine for family and friends, but we sell we sell our grapes, and uh, we turned into uh, we morphed into uh, an event venue. So oh, great. we do we do a lot of events. We do some charity events, but predominantly we do weddings. So, okay. I'm Mark's neighbor. Okay. And he was beginning to tell you he is a lot of the reason that we ended up here. Because we were wine club members. We were hanging out. And uh, when my wife and I used to come here, we'd we'd see Mark and Maggie. And uh, literally, my wife looked at me one day and said, if we could be like them, I want, I'll want I'll move here. <laughs> so I'm trying. I'm yeah. hanging out with them, you know, trying to learn all the, everything he does. Incredible. <laughs> now, where were you? Where would you visit from? We where? came up from Laguna Beach. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'd be come up back and forth. We had a part-time residence, and then we ended up making it our full-time home. Great. About 15 years we've been coming. Wow. 10 years permanently. Okay. It is the most beautiful event venue you've ever seen with a pond and a vineyard, and it's just well, it's I, absolutely now I have, now stunning. Have, right around the corner from Winward Winery. <laughs> you see here. Um, but, yeah, it's, it is. It's, we host a... Uh, well, you they, haven't been, obviously. They host I, a lot I, of things, including the big fundraiser, the roast, which is the roast. Which we unfortunately just had to cancel because it was the only rain day. We had. So I've got it pulled up for the live stream. People to, that are watching can see your website. Oh. Uh, the website's beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The, the venue's beautiful. Yeah, that's great. It's my next door neighbor. And so. <laughs> yeah. You After, make the you property, property values go down when he moved well, in, there, or did they go? There's they, a ravine between us, and we spend so much gas having to go around the ravine, <laughs> and I built a zip line. So it just zips over across the ravine. That zip line is so I could send Mark home when yeah. he comes over and gets out of line. In a well, basket. If you have an event there, Mark might you might end up with a, a Mark in the pond <laughs> swimming around. Yeah, that is gorgeous. Wow. So two miles from the 101. Yeah. It's on Arbor Road, right? I guess right next door to where Mark is. Mark okay. is um, Arbor and Live Oak. Mm. So right by uh, Mr. Austin Hope. Yeah, when I when I got married, I lived on Kyler Canyon. So you did, yeah. Uh, we we used Arbor Road as our escape route uh, quite a bit, you know, from the wineries. <laughs> the, back, yeah. the back way the out, back right? way. Exactly. Well, you and everybody else is doing that. Oh right? yeah, I'm sure. 
That's awesome. So 10 years you've been up here full-time? Full-time 10 years. Okay. And tasting room is open uh, or is no, it just No, we, we don't commercially now. produce. Okay. Yeah, so it's uh, just events. Yeah. He and, produces uh, brides. <laughs> and grooms. I think there's a trial going on right now for somebody that was producing brides. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. No, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right, and, and then your your background, are you you're a farmer or a lover of wine, obviously? Uh, yeah, we were just lovers of wine. Uh, I'm Italian, so yeah. I had frequent, frequented Italy. Yeah. And one trip we got back from Tuscany, an extended stay in Tuscany, and uh, it was just happenstance. We really thought we were going to end up doing something in Tuscany, buying. Okay. and then we really? came and uh, came up to a wine festival in like 2005, I think which I never even heard of Paso Robles at all, right? We came yeah. up from Laguna Beach, and I was mad at everybody for dragging me up to some place I didn't know some about. Some Stuck town. in the five yeah. traffic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just experienced the park on a 105-degree day wine festival. Yeah. Well, when you're I on, still wasn't impressed. When, you're, when, you get, <laughs> when you get off the five, and I lived in L.A. in my early 20s, and I would bring all my roommates up. To visit the family here and when you would get on the 46 and go for about 25 30 minutes your friends are looking at you like where the where hell are you are taking, you taking this? yeah exactly <laughs> and then you get into shandon and you yeah. see the rolling hills and you know all of little that by it's, little it got yeah exactly yeah i mean it's it's a special place that's for sure and, and apparently there's good wine here now right apparently so, or, or there's Allegedly. always been good wine now there's more of it yeah yeah well, very and good. ellie's helping introduce all that wine yeah, yeah. so tell me your guys's ellie story oh. you, you, uh, you, you said you've <laughs> known her since she was a little girl yeah. i love that ellie ever since i first met her and she was in kindergarten <laughs> on the jungle gym when i met her but she's a sweetheart and i watched her graduate it's from Cal Poly because uh, her friend had graduated a year earlier and she was working in my testing, tasting room. And <laughs> is it a testing room or a tasting room, Mark? Room? <laughs> yeah. I said, please don't tell Maggie I'm here, you know. <laughs> no, no, you're making it worse. <laughs> but uh, she used to come in and visit uh, her girlfriend. And a uh, little redhead, and she sort of graduated and became uh, someone that Paso Robles is very proud of, our little, our little girl, Psalm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Yeah. She's as, she's well, as, I had some good role models, including you. Uh, she's as beautiful as she is smart, too. That is very sweet. Thank well, you. And, and so her wine shop bar and restaurant i mean this you know i've been coming here as a patron for years drinking wine and beer eating food uh i really am not the kind of person who would traditionally seek out a wine bar in a, in an area right because right. um i i have not your thing well it's, it's, <laughs> i don't think it's anybody's thing when they have little kids that they're raising right, just, and, you know just kind just of trying to earn a buck and get a, a meal yeah. right but now um as I've been exposed to it as much as I have, it's like, it's a very special place in the community. Well, it's a gathering place. Yeah. You know, a lot, everybody who's anybody comes in and out of 15 C in the town. And, uh, Ellie's awesome. Obviously when you come, she's, she's a great hostess. 
and she's got great wines and she's got always something good to try and, and it's a great environment. It's a great, well, it's a great meeting place. Yeah, 15 is like uh, an electromagnet. Yeah. You know, she turns on the curtain. And half of the city gravitates toward 15 C at five o'clock. Right. That's when the magnet goes yeah, on. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Well, and speaking of wine, I just opened a Latour, which is a, a larger producer, but it's an Alex Corton Les Chaillot. So it's a Premier Cru vineyard in honor of you guys joining me in our second episode. And 15 C's 14 year anniversary Saturday. Yeah, we talked well, about that while you were gone. Oh, so okay. we're just going to wait. Event. Yeah, Richie and I decided we were going to wait here. We'll sleep here a couple of days, and then well, we'll I heard it might sell out, so I'm just going to kind of camp in the parking lot. Oh yeah, just yeah. make sure yeah. we get it. I'm camping in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky man. And we have to say also a shout out to Richie's beautiful daughter Gianna's right here, oh. who unfortunately doesn't live here anymore. But worked at 15C when she was here, she, and we were very short, lucky to have her. Short stint at 15C okay. when she I'll, stayed with us. I'd take her for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it <can be> <laughs> That's awesome. Where Where are you visiting from? Uh, San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. The most beautiful place on it's, earth. It's a little long of a commute to right, Templeton, little, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's my other girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, Richie's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't tell Richie. Maggie, Maggie already knows about her. <laughs> well, uh, so is she the driver? Because she's drinking uh, wine. Well, yeah. yeah I, uh, we'll see who's going to yeah. drive. No, she's going to go upstairs and do Pilates tonight. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I was upstairs doing yoga this morning. Yeah. So it is a place where yes. I started my day. And on my And I think we invited you, or Joe Barton invited you to Broga a couple of weeks ago yes. when you were at the bar, right? Yeah. Are you Are you attending that? We are. We are part of the Broga crowd. Yeah, but yeah. Richie just skips the Broga and comes straight to the well, the girl know, there's, classes. There's more, it's better scenery in the, yeah. <laughs> than the Broga. <laughs> it was just me and all and girls this morning, right, yeah. so you know. You'd rather come to the. Mark wants to know. I said it's men's yoga, and I said he'd rather come to the to the classes that have the girls oh, in them yeah. too. Oh yeah. Brogas is uh, <laughs> a bunch of guys doing yoga and then they have a beer afterward. Oh, so. I thought Broga was an Irish girl that did yoga. <laughs> you know, with a Broga. Broga. Let's yeah, so, do a uh, down dog. <laughs> <laughs> so Lori was here earlier. You guys tagged her out, but, um, Hopefully you guys can come Thursday and actually have a bunch of wine it's for you guys that you ordered last time where he was here, but um, we're going to pour a bunch of really cool wines. So Looking yeah, forward it's to funny. It. They strategically show up on the days that your reps are pouring wine for you. I yeah, noticed that. Right. Yeah. Twice now. It's <laughs> not, brilliant. it's not a bad we got the schedule down. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, that's why 15 C is like, we're, that's we're actually like, why I work here. We're like the yeah. cheers bar though, you know, and especially you famous yeah. people walking in every every day and yeah. like yeah. you got to pour these guys some of this amazing wines yeah. and you don't get that in a lot of places it's funny no. when we do get visitors i they'll they'll say i always get questions so do do winemakers come and, and 
No. Drink your You'll find mom. everybody comes it's like 15 C. Everybody comes Even here. actual movie stars. <laughs> yeah, even actual movie stars. We are, though, I always say, like, you go, to, you know, you go to L.A. or Hollywood or something, and, like, somebody famous walks in, and it's like, oh, my gosh, there's so-and-so. Up here, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's Mark Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you're the coffee, you're coffee man, right? I, I am the coffee man, yeah. yeah and, I, and the DJ Eagle. Yeah, when I come here for coffee, I always have the coffee, and when you're not looking... I put a slug of Louis Thirteenth in it. That's funny because I do the same when you're not looking. <laughs> you're getting a double. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, she's that's perfect. She spends a lot of money. Yeah. Only, only, only the regular customer, the best of the best regular guess, customers yeah. get that. Yeah, that's awesome. You got to know the secret password. All right. So besides Pinot, what what other wines do you drink? What what are we drinking here? This is an Alex Corton from Burgundy. Okay. So. And it's a small vineyard in Burgundy. It's a premier cru, so it's highly rated, 100% of course, Pinot Noir. And it's from one of the, one of the uh, very popular areas. And um, it's one of my favorite wines, actually. I think uh, Alex Corton is a bone or... It's in Bone. Yeah, so it's in it's in the Cote de Bone, which is the the northern part of the Cote d'Or. Yeah. Which is Co Cote de Bone and then the Cote de Nuit and then the Chalonnais. Kind and of is how it how it goes. And the Negociant is a Louis Latour. Louis Latour is not my favorite producer because it's yeah. a very large producer, but you can drink single vineyard wines like Le Chaillot, which is an incredible Monopole Premier Crew Vineyard um, for a lower cost because they are such a large producer. So, and how is it? And, how does it differ? I mean, geographically, because I've getting more. I get more education coming to 15C than uh, geographically. If it's a big producer, what's the difference between? where they are located and some of the smaller, more elite producers? That is a great question because in Burgundy, it's not, you're, you're not going to find people that own a whole vineyard. So historically, what how it worked, and Mark, you can chime in, but the vineyards were originally designated by the monks. And so the monks said this, this tiny little, you know, couple hectare plot of land is different from this one over here. So they built these stone walls. And so the maps of Burgundy that you look at just show these tiny little plots of land one after another right next to each other with these intricate, beautiful iron gates. And these tiny little vineyards are owned by many, many different people. So maybe one row. So maybe maybe one, maybe part of a row. Like, wow. um, like Claude de Vigeau is one of the most famous because it has you know, 40 hectares and 120 owners. Well, that's because they inherited the laws of inheritance, pass it on down for many, many years, mm -hmm. and it keeps getting split up, and, uh, you know, somebody can own just uh, one whole row. <laughs> so what and, makes the wine different? Just different technique, and when they're making it, isn't it the same technique when they're making a Burgundian style? Or, well, or, it depends who bought the grapes and the, who the negociant is and what part of the vineyard it came from. Some of the best uh, p uh, 
plots of that particular vineyard are, I believe, at the higher elevation. And they're a little different as it gets lower. But Ali would know more about that than I do. I mean, the, the biggest thing is that you have one vineyard. So numerous people make wine from Alex Corton, which is the, the village. And another fun fact about that is that most of the villages, villages, got smart and decided to append their name to that of their most famous vineyard. So Corton Charlemagne is the name of the Grand Cru most famous vineyard within the village of Alox. And so now the town is called Alox Corton. And then within that town, there's multiple different vineyards. And Le Chaillot, sorry, Le Chaillot is a premier crew. So it's one of, how many premier crews are there now? 300 and something premier crew vineyards, single vineyards with many different owners. So Latour and um, Chevalier and a few of our other Burgundy producers have to make a deal with all these different growers, all these different farmers to buy enough grapes, enough fruit to, to make to produce a wine of a single vineyard, which is why Burgundy is such an amazing, um, complicated, confusing, difficult wine to navigate for consumers because you have to know the producer, you have to know the, the vineyard, you have to know the region and where it's at, and there's many different producers of the same wow. exact vineyard, which is different from anywhere else in the world, really, aside, you know, the, the only thing I could relate it to here would be like the Biennecito vineyard in Santa Maria, where they, it's, it's a single vineyard, it's a very big vineyard, so it's very different, but they do sell to a lot of different producers who label their wines under that vineyard. It's Still just, very, very different, but that's an example that I can think of. Would you? Is that kind of okay to say? Well, that's why uh, Burgundy is so famous because it's a uh, the wine that you drink is a story about the geographic area in which it's planted, and the geography changes slightly. The varietal Pinot Noir becomes a little bit different. The, uh, the, uh, the clones that, that are produced by certain kinds of soil taste a little different. And so people are actually able to tell the difference between, oh, that's a Nuit Saint Georges, that's a Sample Missy, and actually that's from uh, Grofet, uh, Robert Grofet, because they, they know the subtleties, wow. and the, the subtleties and the innuendos of Pinot Noir is very feminine, and so uh, it's a wine preferred uh, uh, by people that have a, a sensitive palate. Good tasters love Pinot Noir because it's complexity, you know. Mm -hmm. And they are, women have more taste buds, and so they're able to... Uh, experience things in a wine that uh, men, unless they're super tasters, that men don't uh, have the, the privilege of tasting. Yeah. Ali's one of these people. She's a, a super taster. She has more uh, taste buds than anybody else in the world, I think. <laughs>
taste bud quick. So I've got a question. How do you re- how do you recall? How does your brain recall what you tasted? And like five years from now, you're gonna know what that bottle tasted like. Like how, how yeah. does that how does that I work? Have no idea. You can you <laughs> can ask me something. <laughs> yeah, five five minutes from now, I'll forget what I was saying, but. But five years from now, I'll remember the why. I clear space yeah. for <laughs> for that. It's, yeah, it's truly an innate talent to to be able to, you know. I mean, she's I, either I, BSing or or yeah. But I'll tell you. But no, she's not. <laughs> time and time again, somebody comes in and is asking her a question, and she's able to just yeah describe rattle off exactly what she remembers tasting, right. what she liked about it. It's, I mean, it's my it's my job. It's your spidey. It's my career. It's your career. It's well, what I I've chosen, that's, so that's what I put energy towards. That's one of the things that makes your shop, this place, so special, is she can talk. The, you know, you can't go in a normal wine shop, liquor store, and or grocery store and, and get... Set. I'm sorry. This get the education when you're looking for a bottle of wine. I know if you know you're looking for something special, you could come in and ask Allie, "What what's the meal going to be? What's what are they looking for? What who are you dining with?" You know, she'll be able to she'll be able to direct you to to what uh, the perfect bottle. So, and let me tell you that the <clears throat> the memory of the wine that you experience is intensified by a hundred percent by the food that you're pairing it with. And the combination between a glass of wine that's expressing itself from a vineyard that was, let's say, in Chambon Moussigny and appeared with some uh, grilled foie gras in a pan with uh, some uh, beautiful bread when that wine and the foie gras marry in each individual brain, there's a very, very complicated experience at the quantum level, the molecular level, because everybody's brain is different. And the combination of the food and that particular wine and the moment, uh, if you loved what just happened to you, you own it. It's yours. Nobody else could really have the same moment because everybody's got a lot of different brain cells and everybody's got, and so do the grapes. <laughs> so for you, what are you pairing this wine with, uh, the food? Uh, I, think I would love to have this particular wine that comes to mind that gives me great pleasure would be a, <clears throat> a wild uh, mushroom risotto, you know, alfonghi. Uh, I make that at home <laughs> yeah, for breakfast. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what's for dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both your girlfriends will be there. <laughs> No, this is, you know, the, the Burgundies are so, like Mark was saying earlier, it is all about an experience, and nobody else can have that experience but you, so it's up to you. And, you know, that's one of the fun things about selling wine is getting to share my experiences with these wines, because for the most part, I have a, I have a relationship with every single one of these wines. I have a story, an experience, a person, a place, a meal, um, like Lori and I were saying, you know, the 
Conde de Haro and the hot air balloon. (laughs) I was was in a hot air balloon with Conde de Haro. So it's, um, you know, it's that. And then it's also just so much fun. And the Burgundies are such delicate, emotional, historical wines that um, I think it is, you know, it is, you should be thoughtful about what you're eating and who you're with. And especially if it's a, you know, a, a bottle of wine worth paying attention to. So many times people go out to dinner and they order a bottle of wine or they order a glass of wine mm-hmm. and they don't, and they just drink it. And the next day, like you were saying, memory wise, you know, would you have last night uh, a steak? Renward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and then would you, would you have with it? Um, I don't know, a bottle of Cabernet. Yeah. Like it's so, it's just such a different experience. And I think that's one of the beautiful things too about being here on the central coast is that all the restaurants, all of us industry people, we pay attention to that. Yeah. And there's, I've been to so many places, not necessarily the old world, but you know, out of state or just other areas where people don't appreciate it and pay attention to it. And it's one of those things, you know, we just had Thanksgiving and talking about, a lot of people think Thanksgiving is to sit down and eat as much as possible and just fill yourself up. And it's about being thankful and grateful for, you know, what's happening in the yeah. history of it. And to me, when I pick my wines for Thanksgiving and Pinot Noir Burgundy is always on the table, red and white Burgundy is always on the table, um, along with some Alsatian wines, some sparkling wines, but they, um, you know, they're, they're meaningful and well thought out wines that are meant to pair with a meal that is meant to be shared and appreciated with gratitude and people that are important to you, whether they're friends or family or just a significant other. Yeah, I think it's so true. I mean, I used to drink a lot of high-end wines before I came to Paso and really got into the the environment here and, and meeting the people and, and, and getting into the, you know, what it's all about. I probably wasted a lot of money on some great wines that really I didn't appreciate, don't have any great memories of. But you're right now, you really do remember when you drink a great wine with a great meal with a great group of folks and the whole evening's memorable and and the wine's part of it, a big part of it. Yeah, it's crazy. And you can spend a lot of money on wine or you can spend a little bit of money on wine and have a much better experience on the little bit of, you know. Well, and that's where I think you've been great too, Allie, with your customers and with the shop here. Allie won't sell you the most expensive bottle of wine. She'll sell you a bottle of wine that's going to be what you're looking for. Well, and I was saying earlier when Lori was here, you know, there's 98% of the bottles in here are because I love them and I appreciate them. I can tell you something about them. Right. There's a few bottles of wine in the store that I have only because they sell and they sell really, really well. And there's a lot of wines that I should have in the store that I don't because I refuse to sell them. But if you're going to, I also have a much higher markup on those wines because if you're just going to come in and buy those wines, you you can pay for it. (laughs) You deserve it. I can say that, right? Yeah, you already There's only a few bottles in here. Yeah, yeah. No, that's one thing about you is you're real, right? You, you, you're going to tell it like it is. Yeah. So then I, oh, yeah. I think everybody appreciates <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. You get what you, you get, Allie. Yeah. 
Hold on. There's nothing fake about it. I'm so sad we didn't have the roast this year. My I speech know. was so good. Uh, she she loves, uh, lives up to the very essence of what a redhead's all about. <laughs> you do not want to get Allie angry at you. <laughs> I warn you. She's never been angry at you, no, Mark. How would you know that? No, I would never be able to be angry. I watch her what she does to other people. Oh. <laughs> All right. Mark said something earlier that I want to circle back with on the food. When you came to Paso 89, you said there was no restaurants. Oh, there was, I think, a McDonald's. We had, I worked at that McDonald's. There, yeah. there you oh, go. That's but funny. I'm one of these people that it was. Um, insulted when they started fast food in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the RV family. Uh, they started, I said, I won't go. And uh, I won't go to a fast food restaurant because they're going to be franchised. They're going to be all over and they're all going to be the same and they're going to have a formula. And what's going to happen is when a family is ready to open a small restaurant because they love food, they love their food, and so many people uh, enjoy the style in which they cook, they're going to be faced with a dilemma. Spend that $25,000, you know, this was 50, 60 years ago, spend that $25,000 and we'll guarantee that you will have this much return on investment. Challenge them. And try to do it yourself, and 80% of people go out of business because they can't make it. But the 20% that make it gives a gift to the rest of the people that remain of some food and some style of cooking that's very special, probably uh, traditional cooking, because it came from their own personal experience. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, the palate of America changed dramatically from going out to a restaurant. I was a kid, you know, with Sammy's Steakhouse. <laughs> it was 40 seats or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I have never joined, but I did join Slow Food, S-L-O Food. And if you haven't had any experience with that, look it up. You sit down to dinner and you get up maybe the next day after you've eaten dinner. I mean, last for the <laughs> whole time. It's real slow food. Okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. No yeah, there was in, in 1989, there was probably Joshua's in downtown Paso Robles, which is now a bank. They tore it down and built the bank. It was an old Catholic church that turned into a high end restaurant in the late 80s. Um, it was owned by one of the giants, uh, Mike Kruko, I think, owned it really? at one point. Uh, that went out of business. And then there was only a couple different, maybe... Boozies. Boozies, yeah, that's right. Pepe's was next door to Boozies that, and Lolo's, right? And that was our options. Yeah, but Joe shut Boozies down when his mom died. It was a stagecoach stop with two bedrooms upstairs. Wow. And when his mother died, he nailed the kitchen shut, closed up the lights, and disappeared. But when I came to town, someone told me, sometime, if you see this little red sign on that says Boozies, go in there. You won't believe it. Because Joe came up from L.A., and he decided to cook for a couple of days. Really? 
And you would walk in and wow. there would be like one of those reflecting lights. Disco ball. ball. Disco ball. Right. So, and then you look down the bar and everybody had, you know, in a big cocktail glass, either a martini or a Manhattan or an old fashioned. And Joe would be behind the bar smiling and people would be dancing to Frank Sinatra and his collection of, they were at that time, they were these little tapes that you could slam in. They would be slamming in tapes and playing over. And it was like such a time warp. Yeah. It was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. That's wild. Sounds like we need a speakeasy. We, we got some restaurants. We have some restaurants now. <laughs> And well, you can't get really, into them now. Yeah, I know. Especially the locals. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Restaurant. Listen up, guys. Yeah. It's true. It's I so, know. I mean, I, I, know. I love it and I hate it. And I'm it's, so happy for all of our restaurateur yes. friends. And it's such a great thing. But it is. It, it is it, frustrating. It is a change. Yeah. To see it. To not be able to get in unless you have a reservation a week or two, depending on what's going on that week, even on a Tuesday or a Thursday night. No, it's you're amazing. Right. You're right. We made a re- reservation at a local restaurant for a Monday night last night. I had to go at 5 o'clock. That was going to a late lunch, but I mean, it was just yeah. the only time yeah. I could get in. Exactly. Yeah, we're <laughs> the, all the 90-year-old people that come at 5 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And nobody stays open late enough to go to a late dinner. I so, know, well, a few of them do. But. We're evolving. It's evolving. It's coming along. And you're right. I'm ha- very happy because a lot of the locally owned places are friends and people we know really well. And we're happy for their success. But yeah. it's just, I guess, part of that whole evolution. And yeah. we're all making up for a year, year and a half, couple, yeah. too. <laughs> so, a lot of assortment, though, now, some great places. Uh, yeah, I mean, and for me, there's another dimension because of my age and being here for the last 30-some years. Uh, everybody's loving Julian Aseo's restaurant, uh, Le Petit Canaille. I go in and eat, and this is this great chef from one of the most expensive restaurants in Las Vegas. You know? And he and his father and I were good friends, and when he was a child... He would ride the pogo stick <laughs> around my house with my son, Justin, and both families, you uh, say, as in us, we travel different places together. So I've known this kid since he was a child. In fact, he calls me Uncle Mark, you know, and... Uh, Can just, you get a reservation there? Like right now, if you wanted to go tonight? Uh, if I call If Julian, so, we'll just call I, Uncle if Mark. If I call Julian <laughs> and tell him I want... Something in the back room because I'm bringing Allie. He will definitely. definitely yeah, Does he honor the senior discount? Well, you ought to know you were there at five o'clock. <laughs> he wouldn't dare give Mark a senior discount. <laughs> That's why Richie went there. He, they told him he could come at nine if he wanted bird, to. The early bird senior yeah. discount. Is this yesterday? That's why you need to come to Templeton. You don't need a reservation to come to 15C or. The new place. Have you guys been to the Pig Iron? Yes. I think I it think was very good. They're working out the kinks as new restaurants do, but I think it's going to be great. Oh yeah, but as much as they, you know, everyone's got those kinks. They did a great job the night I was there. They were very gracious, hospitable. The owners themselves are walking around. Yep. I think it's going to be a, an outstanding yep. place for Drinks us. Drinks were great. Great food addition. Great. great addition. The food was great. Yep. 
So I think I'll reserve for the soft opening as well. It's got a lot of great potential. The main restaurant isn't open yet, but the outdoor little cafe and market is open. Well, how long has AJ's been there? I mean, that building, I went to a Halloween party there called the Ghost of AJ's because it's it's such a historic. We lost a a few historic. uh, Yeah. Not that they were great losses. They kept (laughs) it pretty much intact, though. I mean, I think they even kept the taxidermy animals. AJ Spurs, Spurs, I believe, uh, about 35 years. It, it, was the only, it was the only reason we came to Templeton as kids. If we got good grades, our parents would take us to AJ Spurs as a celebration. It was the, the, yeah, the steakhouse. steakhouse. Yeah, exactly. It was a treat. Yeah. Wasn't it the first one? Because there were three. Was it, was it the a, original AJ's? Uh, uh, yeah, because I think Aurora Grande was next, and then they opened one down Gizmo? in Solvang. Oh, there were four. We lost McClintock's in Paso yeah. now, too. The little old got some history there. No, that was Jay. Uh, Jay. And he has the uh, Ravine Park now. Oh, the water okay. park, yeah. yeah. And partner with uh, uh, John King's son. What, what do you guys JG. think? You, you guys have probably dined and, and shared wine in some of the, like, the most interesting, awesome places in the world, right? What do you think is the key to longevity and success? Like, Ellie's been at it for 14 years, right? Um, she's got her niche, right? But what what is the one thing? that Because every restaurant's got to have that one. Like, what is the key? Well, I think it's the proprietor. Yeah. I think the key are the, the owners, the proprietors, and the consistency. And you have to be hospitable if you're going to be in the hospitality business. <laughs> So yeah, it's amazing how many people miss that mark. They miss that part. So you know, I mean, when you meet great and you make people feel important when they walk through the door, they become a little bit forget. Everyone has a bad day. Everyone's got a cook that's off. Everyone's going to have a staff that's off. Everyone's going to have things that can go wrong, right? But at the end of the day, that's all forgiven when you have that environment where they make you feel good when you walk in. And the proprietor is, you know, can't be there all the time, but is there. There's acknowledgement. There's people, recognition, too. You know, people uh, live and die for it. So uh, when you, I'm sorry. I would agree with you 100%, but I would change the, uh, the importance of two things, and that is number one for me is consistency. Okay. Yeah. So much whatever dish, whatever dish they're making... For the last 25 years, has got to be the same dish. And the moment they decide to make it better and change it, they lose all these wonderful people where the taste of their food was something that they understood, they loved better than anything else, and they dream about it. Not My daughter is a restaurateur. She owns Tamil Pie in Mill Valley up to the north a little bit. Actually, my other daughter, Leslie, owns... Uh, a 25-year-old sandwich shop called Hazel's. So I tell them the same thing. People are loving what you make. Do not tell me that you're going to change this and you're going to change that. 
keep what you're doing and it will build your business and people will appreciate it, but don't change it. So what drives them to want to change? Is it uh, well, cutting? Is it just the boredom? There's it- a tremendous pressure for the outside. People come in all the time and they're saying, if you try, I, I know you're using this kind of ham. Try this ham and it will make it better. Well, I always say that to people that are trying to sell me barrels. I use Sigamaro or Gongongku barrels for 30 years. They say, no, 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 if you try my barrel, it'll make my your wine better. I said, oh, okay, so why don't you get me five barrels, uh, and I will pay for them, and I'll bottle them separately. And uh, <clears throat> when my best customers come to me and say, what the hell have you done to your wine? I say, oh, I made it better. Uh, because... Wow. I, you know, it it's has to be consistent with what they're looking at. Yeah. I don't want to surprise anybody. But there's Much trends more. like, clo- you know, there's trends. I mean, clothing trends, any trends, right? People feel they have to adjust to the to the new diets, to the new trends, to the new you know, populace, the, the upcoming youth. And you know what I mean? I just think of I love some of my favorite restaurants in the world are the old school restaurants that they've been consistent. You go in, they haven't adjusted to the trends. You know, the old steakhouses, the old Italian places, everything from the old cultural and ethnic places. They're just, that's what I, I seek out. But again, maybe I'm a, a dying breed, but I think that's what makes some restaurants kind of falter. That's what specials are for. Huh? That's what specials are for. Yeah, exactly. So I, I was cleaning out Ellie's storage uh, room today, and you know she's got these these framed articles that, that were written about her over the last fourteen years, uh, Sunset Magazine, and you know all, all of these big big articles that have been written about fifteen degrees C. One thing I saw, I saw was Friday oysters and bubbles. I like how come that's not happening anymore? Because that was when we were across the parking lot from Pier Forty Six, oh, okay, and I would okay. just text Tony, yeah. and he would run over some uh, freshly you, shucked oysters. And you order first. We'd call up and say, "Yeah, we want two dozen." And when we got there, yeah, we had the champagne. Or we could bring back wine. the. We should bring back the pre-order. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nothing's well, worse than if it's not pre-order, and you all of a sudden you've got. A ton of oysters. <laughs> yeah. go, right? They don't really make the best leftovers. No. Um, I do want to say, talking about favorite places or whatever your your question was, I just poured you guys, and I know you've been you and Maggie have been to San Sebastian before, right? San Sebastian, Spain. No. Oh well, that wow. sounds like a trip that needs to happen. Yeah, buddy. Oh, I can't. I it's love a Spain list for sure. Yeah, but I really like the uh, northwest corner, yep. where the Albarino, which is um, also Basque, very yeah. Basque influenced. Uh, the Basque influence, yeah, at the yeah. border with France, it's really a, a, a nice wine too. But Ellie's the reason um, we went to San Sebastian. She was so enthusiastic about it. That, it is. It and is. She my... gave us a guide going through San Sebastian, made our trip amazing. And I will return to San Sebastian. What are my all time favorite trips? 
<laughs> Gianna's coming. Sounds my like daughter in tow, I, I think we need to plan a trip for Mark's uh, 65th I birthday think, party. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I got stuck on Barcelona, and then I can't leave Barcelona. It's my favorite. I love Barcelona. Different experience altogether. Yeah. Barcelona is beautiful, but San Sebastian is... Is, is a special place. So the next wine to segue is a Chacolis. Oh. Which is from um, Zaralf, just to the north of San Sebastian. And it made, and so what blows me away is you go into the tapas bars in San Sebastian, which are the most famous, best tapas bars in all of Spain. And it's called Chomin Etanis, which is obviously Basque. So TX makes a sh sound in Basque. So Chomin Etanis is the producer. Chacolina is the wine. Guitaria is the region. The grapes are Hondurie B. Zuri and Hondurie B. Belza. And if it wasn't obscure enough, they make a rosé, which is even more yeah, obscure. I was going to say, I don't remember it being rosé. That's the wine they pour yep. you as soon with as you the, walk like in the, any place, in right? The, they raise it right in the Copa, yeah. Chacolina. Chacolina. And they have the little special pour spout. And I mean, you can, you know, over there, it's like three euros for a glass of, and like six euro for a bottle. And um, it's one of my favorite wines because it's slightly frizzante, it's low in alcohol. You can go bar hopping, and every bar yeah, and every tapa that you have, you wash it down with a glass of Chacolina. Mm. And, um, this just shows you what's happening to the world of wine. Most people can't pronounce Saruth, which is the region or which is the town that it's from, let alone Chacoli, let alone Honduribi Zuri and Honduribi Belza and the producer Shomin Etanis. So this wine made top 100 this year, which I'm not, wow. you guys know that I'm not a big score press right. person, but I think it's pretty cool that something so obscure is up there with, a lot yeah. of different producers of it of the of that. Huh? Is there a lot of different producers? No, of? it's very small production. Um, there's only a handful of Chacolina producers. I mean, it's a tiny. I they say like happy cows come from California. I always joke that happy grapes come from South because there's like it's like this cool little surfing village, and then there's this one little campground up on the hill, and then the only vineyards that are there are also down, you like hike through the vineyards to get down to the surf break. And um, that's about it. It's it's tiny and small and... It just adds to the overall experience when you're there, that's drink, for sure. Yeah, it's a little hard to drink after a Premier Cru Burgundy, but um, it's different. So how come we can't duplicate something like that here? Like climbing through vineyards to get down to the surf? I can't think of anywhere around here that, that we have that. I think the what the Derby Vineyard is the closest vineyard proximity to the ocean that we have Which on one? the Derby Vineyard in San Simeon. Oh, it's less I than a mile. It's less than a mile to the water. Go figure. The Derbies are my and neighbors, I think that's and I it. didn't know that. I can't think of anything closer either. So who's ringing? Is this supposed to be tasted with something? Yeah, <laughs> Spanish Spanish cheese with the thank you, thanks, Gianna. <laughs> That's delicious. So when I uh, finally oh, go to Rio's, I need Bajas, some of that chocolate. Uh, I should go to San Sebastian too. Could I? I could put it in this glass, right? Oh, you want to 
Yeah, this will bring back some memories. This will bring back memories. memories. I want to go back so bad. What were the two foods? The the pupas and the... <laughs> Ellie. Don't. You guys got to quit flirting right here. What? 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 The two food. The, when you go in, the taste of food. Pop. Pupas and... You know, oh, when, pinchos, yeah. pinchos, pinchos, and tapas. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's Basque versus Spanish. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. the same thing. Pinchos. It's a well. Pinchos. Pinchos. Pinchos and tapas. You go in the bars, and you could be three deep. Yeah. And they have all oh, these yeah. little tapas plates, and you just tell people, "I want one of those," and they pass them back to you when it's busy. And they don't. And you. Yeah. It's great, and then at the end. These somehow they know if you had 10 different things. Here's well, they usually charge you for 10, but <clears throat> uh, you don't know what you had. So that's why it's it okay. is. Uh, Here we go. It's Here the most go. fun. It's what, great. The difference between pinchos and tapas are that tapas are usually more elaborate. The name originates from the stick that they typically may have in them, but not all of them do now. Pincho is the Basque word, but in Spanish it's pincho because the spelling's different. Um, and the price is usually the same. So pinchos and tapas are just these single little bites, mm. oftentimes on a piece of bread. It could be eel, it could be mushroom, it could be shrimp, squid, mm. foie gras, it could be a variety of things. You could just hop from place to place and get different Use ones, a glass of this. Chocolate. Hop around, yeah, and and that's what you do. I mean, that's why you never get full and you never get drunk because so you go great. have one bite and one drink, and they're not big drinks. Yeah, it's just a bite and a you know even the beers come in these little cups. It's just a bite and a and a drink and a cruise around. Nobody does like hard boiled eggs, like the deviled egg, deviled eggs. You mean? No. Yeah, like no, no. There's egg on a there's. There's egg in quite a few things. There are really some different things. There was one, there was a couple of the octopus, right? And the baby eel. The yeah, baby and the eel. baby eel. A lot of octopus. But it's right on the ocean there. Is that a sea? Well, the Basque were the original ocean nomads that would go out. Pull anything out. Miles and miles into the ocean. I mean, it was rough, too. It's cold up there, and the ocean gets really, really rough, and... They, they were, they were hunters, and that's the other thing that I love about Spain is that Spain has such diverse climate that you know, like take a regional dish like paella. When you're by the ocean, you have a seafood paella, and when you go up in the mountains, it's rabbit and snails, or baby pig, or you I'm mouth watering right now. I know. <laughs> you're I know. kidding. Me. <laughs> I actually you started talking. We paella actually made now. paella for Thanksgiving dinner this oh, year. Oh, you did. I got to be non-traditional and do I think a we're going non-traditional next year. Yep. Yeah. Turkey's turkey's had its time with me. I'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna do something. Lamb, a lamb roast, you know. When's the last time you did a paella here? Now that might be something cool. Paella night. Pinot and paella. Well, Neil's got Pinot so and Mark paella. Mark does Are we doing that Mark again? founded and his wife Maggie founded an event at our park here, Pinot and Paella. We it's have a to do that fabulous again. event. 
I think they just skipped one because of COVID, right? I think uh, it's coming. We, we had to skip two, but we're coming back big in 2022. Okay. So watch yeah, for that. Watch June, for that. usually, right? That's going to be big, yeah. Usually the, the first Sunday in June is when we try to hold it. Interesting. I think Probably 20, year, 30 winemakers there. Yeah. The first year that I opened, I I did paella for you guys in the park with Tom Fendero. I have a picture of Allie cooking paella. Yeah. I think wow. I made the newspaper. <laughs> and we sell the bombo rice and the paella seasoning here. Yeah, I think right on this patio here, a big paella. I could cook it over that fire yeah, pit. Yeah, just get a big yeah. big pan and have a paella night at 15C. That would be amazing. I have a, th- <laughs> a three and a half. There we go. Look, we're thinking things up right? now. Exactly. <laughs> Let me borrow your pan. <laughs> Let me borrow your pan and I'll make paella. Wow. I just cooked paella for... Um, 20 people on the barbecue, on an open flame barbecue oh. last weekend. So you did? How, how is it served at a party like that? Is it everybody just grabs the spoon and it gets their own bowl? Or well, so the out. specialty about paella is that it's got to have crudo, which is the crunchy stuff at the gotta bottom. So the unlike risotto or other rice dishes where you have this soft, beautiful rice, it's actually somewhat al dente. So it's got a little crisp to it. And then once all the ingredients are finely- That's just the rice that has just crusted to the bottom? Yeah, you want it to crust to the bottom. So once everything is fully cooked, you stop stirring it. The bad thing to do is to stir a paella. And the rice isn't typically completely soft. It's It's got a little crunch to it. So- that's the that's the trick is that getting it perfectly balanced to where you have the crunch and then usually somebody should serve it because otherwise people scoop it and, and they, they think it's the burnt crunch. on the bottom. Yeah, you need to get but everybody need a, needs a little crunchy. You need to scrape <laughs> it and get it crunchy. Get the crunchies in. And, and you could do it, with, you know, obviously with just meat, chicken, and sausage, mm-hmm. or andrioli, and andrioli, whatever yeah. it is, sausage, Chistoras or, or like, you know, you like, go seafood, or scallops, and shrimp. Yeah, and you cook everything in the same pan. So I usually cook my meats first, pull them out, then I saute all the veggies, add the rice, the broth, the seasoning, stir that for a little bit, then. The, the meats back put everything in. back in and make it beautiful. It's all about presentation too. So you have to have a beautiful presentation and then you let that cook down to where you get the crudo on the bottom. And it pairs with Pinot, obviously. Pinot, Pinot and Tempranillo have a lot in common. And then people walk around, vote on vote on the best paella. So it's like a competition. Oh. It's a fun event. It's a great event. So is it, is it every... Every year in June, right? Every, and it benefits. What's well, a benefit? Paella. It nope. benefits what, Mark? The uh, Paso Robles Youth Arts Foundation, oh, yeah. which allows training for uh, after school, drama, art, graphics, music, singing. All of the arts are available for children without any uh, tuition. It's free. And so they've done just a beautiful job. It's a uh, a foundation that uh, works for so far over the 18 years we've been each year we contribute 50 60 thousand or sometimes better and we've given them about a half a million dollars so far awesome mm-hmm. that's great yeah we're proud of that sign 15 cf next time because i'm in 
I don't know if my Russian chef can do paella very well, but I can. He's ambitious. Great event, but that's you know the community in Paso is just a, well the the center right here. Pass this whole the community raising money, the must charities thing, the, you know the, everything that goes on here. It's just a very give back community, which we, my wife and I, love that about it. And um, and I'm well, I was I don't know I'm I'm ADHD or I'm thinking about the Fourth of July. <laughs> Here at DC is probably one of the most infamous days of the uh, year. Yep. Yeah, you talk about start and ending your day here. It's just, <laughs> That's well, I ended literally. My, I ended my day in the Terramia Pond. I don't know what you're oh, talking about. Right. <laughs> we do end the day there. Really? Fourth of July? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, the pond is, yeah, we, we started here. typically no wedding. So we, yeah. we put all the rafts in the pond, start here, go to the park maybe for a while. And then we ended up at Terramia this last time on rafts. And uh, I don't know. I really can't tell you how it ended. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> that's not what you live stream. You just uh, no. That's awesome. It was fun. So 14 years. Uh, we, we've got a few minutes left. I want to kind of full circle wrap this up. Uh, what, what, are, what are the things that you're most proud of? What are you looking forward to in the next 14 years? What, like, I mean, this is a, a staple in the community, obviously. Where's this going? I think I'm putting you on the you spot. You are putting me on the spot. I know. Um, you haven't really thought about it, or you have. No, I'm, I am honored at the support that I have gotten from the community, from the people that I've known since the very beginning, from my mentors like Mark. Goldberg at Winward, Gary Eberly at Eberly Winery, the Castoro, the the Utsin family at Castoro. I mean, from the early days, Cal Poly, I started out at Cal Poly. I mean, the Central Coast is a place that has a lot of opportunities and is a beautiful place to learn and grow. And it's not always easy. There is a, there were some challenges and there were some people that were not as um, supportive, especially, and I, I'm going to say this with you guys, because you guys know being a woman in the wine industry, especially back when I started 20 some odd years ago is not the easiest thing. Um, and but you bet the challenge. Yeah, like, <laughs> there, there, yeah. there's been, there's been some with challenges. The best of them. Thank you. And it, you know, there's been a lot of adaptation and I'm just happy that 15C has made it. And we're not going anywhere. We are here to stay. Um, I am here to continue to be a part of the community in every way I can. My son goes to school here, and I open the yoga, and I just want – I'm just very happy and proud to be, hopefully, a positive part in the community. And then my goals for the future are to be influential, like the people who are meaningful and influential to me and help other people be successful because that's what we're all here to do. And, and attitude is gratitude this season is my motto. And I just want everybody to know that um, I am very thankful for everything that I've been given and everything that I've earned and everything, everybody that I've been around. Um, and I am here to continue to support and make us as an industry and a community grow in the positive way and the right way. And I want to be 
a role model and a good influence for those who are the next generation, as much as that makes me feel old, like the next generation coming up, because there is, there's so many amazing winemakers coming up and people doing cool things and Julian opening restaurants. And, you know, I mean, it's just, there's so many cool things happening around here and I want to make sure that it happens the right way and that the people that deserve it and are good and are hardworking and passionate, like we all are about this and everything that we do, because if you're passionate and love what you do, it's going to be successful. Yeah. You know, be passionate. Uh, can I elaborate on your question for one second? Do you see any, do you see any, like it's, it's tempting for restaurateurs, for anybody, wine shop owners, do you see expansion? As this town grows, as Templeton grows, do you see wanting a second location? Do you see 15C being one in Paso, one in Templeton, maybe one in A Town? I don't know. I mean, I mean, or do you like this this existence? That I I am always one for opportunity. I just in the last year essentially opened two two new businesses. Well, yeah. three. I've got. Olive oil and honey on the line now with wow. Dos Rancherias. And so I'm always one for opportunity. The restaurant industry is really hard. Tough. <laughs> Especially no, after you're the last to two grow years. When you're full and things are going yeah, good. And I, you know, the amount of rumors that are out there about us closing or selling or, I mean, there's been a lot of changes in the last year plus, but I just, I just want everybody to support one another and be positive. And I'm open to expansion. Yeah. I'm open to opportunity. Just wonder, because again, a lot of people, when you're when the place is full and the things are doing good, and it's, yeah. it's very tempting, right? So yeah. it's very tempting to expand. Some people decide and they they live and die in their own little yeah. shop that was there forever, and they're happy with that. Well, so, I get not just, me. I get bored. I'm ADHD well, yeah, like you. So. <laughs> I mean, I have 14 years. Like I That's opened the yoga studio. The co- now what? Now what? Yeah. Now it's next. Like I need projects. You think you? Apparently, I'm making paella now. I don't. I don't really agree. I, <laughs> I, I make uh, eleven, twelve hundred. I most I've ever made was seventeen, eighteen hundred cases a year. And I have been asked so many times, like, well, why don't you make more? And then you can sell it to all over the world. Well, you know, uh, I'm happy with the wine I make. And the more I have to make, the less I'm going to be happy with it. You know, there are limitations of um, writing your own little poem. And once you begin to write the poem, a hundred times for a lot of different people, it loses its meaning. Now, for me, Paso is Napa 35 years ago. And we're going to do a lot of different things. But one thing this reminds me of, 15C, is uh, mustards. Napa? Mustards? Mustard, mustards. Yeah. yeah. People, and a place that you wow. go and you, you're visiting Napa. Got history. Three winemakers are sitting there. Or if you want to meet, you, yeah, you, you meet whoever you, you want. And it's uh, like that here now too. I mean, I see winemakers here all the time. Uh, it's uh, and I would not want to make it better. I love it the way it is, and I would not ever want her to franchise it. 
No, I, it, I, it does lose. So, are, are you indirectly giving Ellie advice here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah. The wisdom, Point the wisdom taken. is being the, shared. The board of directors is just denied. Your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, I got, funny. I got an issue. If you, if you think you can make two fifteen seats, uh, then you probably believe you can make two alleys. And I'll bet I you was going to say, last yeah. I checked, I don't have a twin sister. And that's just so. it, right? How do it's, you duplicate the the knowledge, the experience, the passion, the the, the love? Her presence. Her presence. Right? So, and that's why I asked the question. I mean, it doesn't make it a bad thing. Some people balance a couple of places very well. It's just I was curious. Well, life to is see all about ba balance, yeah. I think, is the number one most important yes. thing. And it's it's... There's a lot of different businesses. Simplifying things there. versus complicating things are yeah. a big uh, factor in success. And keeping a quality of life yeah. because it can get taxing. Even if it's your passion, even if things are going good, it could get taxing. So it's just some people... Yeah want to stay with that you know i'm just that was my curious question Ellie. so well and i loved i love templeton i mean paso to me is already too I know. too big <laughs> and we're we're wrapping up but i've been in too we many restaurants park, with too many people who, who don't have respect and appreciation for the area the servers the people yeah. the i mean i've 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 been there when I've wanted to just stand up in friends' restaurants before and kick people out, and you can't because, you know, it, but it, it's just not. Did anyone talk about Ellie saving somebody's life last week? <laughs> yeah, I, it's. Did that conversation, I just want to know, did that conversation come no. up? Because she is a hero. You know that, right? We, we didn't talk about that last show. It happened before that, though. They made yeah, a commercial. They made a commercial. I mean, you, it's worth an honorable mention before we wrap up, before. because she truly saved somebody's life in La Were, you, were you guys at the table? No, but I heard the story oh, the no. next day, blow by blow, and, <laughs> and I saw it. I saw the whole. I saw the whole thing on television because there's a commercial about it. But anyway, uh, the good lady falls yeah. down and has a complete attack. And another lady like Allie runs over and say, I got this one. And then well, somebody and it, they says, were, it was you people she graciously she said, invited to her no. table in the first place. Right? So the whole thing was a beautiful story. Really is, Allie. Kudos. And and you could expand on that in your next podcast. But she... Uh, I, I would have done that for anybody. And I'm just guy, saying what blew Russ, my mind was that nobody else stepped up other than the people that were at our table yeah even made a move they were in shock and then the people at the table <laughs> next to us had just gotten there and they were so put off put off by the situation as if it was something that had been planned to ruin their evening and, that a oh, table of Lord. eight was about to get up and walk out of this restaurant that you can't get reservations for no. unless you plan two weeks in advance. On top of the special, of eight. the special evening it was Yeah, there. the special yeah. white truffles that were available. You, They were going to get up and walk out. And after the paramedics took this man away and turned around and said, You, you saved, saved him. this life. Um, I went and sat down and I said, if you guys get up and leave, you're going to walk out on one of the best meals you'll ever have. Yeah. And you're, and, and on your way to San Memorable Francisco, for sure. <laughs> there's not, a, there's not a fast food restaurant for the next couple hours. 
Yeah. So if you get up and leave, you are making a bad yeah. decision. And they stayed and had dinner. Good. It could oh, have yeah, been a little but, bit, you know, I mean, a little bit unsettling, I would imagine, yeah, for people. But at course. the same time, it was a beautiful ending. It ended beautifully. Yeah. Allie has a friend for life, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, and she even went to the hospital to check on this individual after she saved his life. So kudos. He's home and doing great, minus a few broken ribs with oh, whoopsie, yeah. but apparently that's a <laughs> common thing. She beat him up in the middle of the whole deal. <laughs> so Allie, I, I, I have don't, to ask don't, I, know, I know you're getting an idea right now, Mark. Yeah. Don't, don't choke on anything. Did, uh, did, you, have, did you give mouth-to-mouth resuscitation? <laughs> No, no, there's a new technique, isn't it? <laughs> because, just chest okay. compressions. I'm sorry to let you know, Mark. That's because why I said don't you, get any good ideas. If you did, I'd give you this sign. I know. I know. No. But bottom line, only. taking all the kidding aside, Mark Goldberg, <laughs> we have a hero sitting next to us, and she truly saved a life last week. So that's special. That's incredible. And the restaurant is literally probably one of the most amazing restaurants around, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Yep. For sure. So yay. Well, cheers, yeah. guys. Thank so you yay. so much for Thanks, joining Allie. me. I don't know how this happened. I was just driving Mark. <laughs> driving Mr. Daisy. Yeah. He came to yoga. <laughs> you came to yoga this morning. Yeah. All right. Uh, 14 years. Here's hopefully, to another 14. Hopefully, yes. um, those of you Congrats. watching or listening can make it Thursday to the VIP, although tickets are going to sell out. I know we just sold a few more. And you're giving away two tickets to those ladies at the bar who have been here for the whole show. Yeah. yeah. I'm buying, a, I, but by the way, I'll be buying a bunch extra and scalping outside. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. And then Saturday is our anniversary party. Um, come dress to impress and dance with Mark. Oh, wow, that's my actually wedding anniversary Saturday. Is Do it you really? open on the 4th of December? Yeah. Is that right? I'll never forget it now. Really? Is it? Yeah. And I won't be here, unfortunately. My wife's commentary yeah. me to Montecito, so that's okay. But I'll be here Thursday, okay, and we'll pre-celebrate. We'll pre-party. Oh, yeah, we'll pre-party. Well, cheers! Thanks again, guys, cheers for joining everybody. us. Cheers. Thank you. For Allie, congratulations the wine on 14 and years. Letting us put our two cents in. Yeah. All right. Okay, but we'll we do it again. This now. Oh, Boys, I'm in. See. <laughs>